Welcome to Off the Rip with your hosts that front like they know the most. We talking smack about whoever, whatever is currently on our minds. We ain't no experts, so don't get hurt if we say something that rubs you the wrong way. This is a place where ideas get thrown out and tossed around. If you can't take the heat, get up out the kitchen. We about to serve them up. It's Reem D, Mook, and Shiz. It's Off the Rip. Nothing in common. Nothing to say, nothing to comment. I can't stay, come for the comments. What up, I just want to make this. <laughs> we back. Go ahead, go ahead. Start us Talk off. Talk your shit. Get into it. I just want to make we this known. Okay, so culture. this this episode is May twenty second. All right. As of right now, the Celtics are down 0-3. because for some reason, maybe it's just the idiot in me. I do feel the Celtics could possibly win this series some way somehow. So if it does happen, you know where you heard it from first. I also think the Lakers could possibly do it, but that might just because I'm a LeBron fan. Nah. But Hey, anything is anything is possible. <laughs> anything is possible. Just don't let us win tonight. But the Boston Celtics have a big issue. And that issue is Joe Mazzula has got to go. <laughs> Damn, going for the Joey Maz? The Joey Maz hate early? Hey, <laughs> put it like this, right? If if Dylan Brooks is going over. To, to 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 play over in 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 China, you can get set, on the team. Yeah, I know, I know. Dylan Brooks is actually Dylan Brooks is a guy that the Celtics should go after. As crazy it sounds, yeah. Get rid of Smart. Let's get that nigga. Yeah, at least Dylan Brooks is six seven. Marcus Smart just be six three flopping around, can't do anything off. Isn't Marcus Smart with- defensive player of the year? Yeah, yeah. So is Rudy Gobert, and how's that? Patrick Beverly. <laughs> Patrick Beverly is a defensive player of the year. No, Patrick Beverly is not. But Rudy Gobert is also a defensive player of the year. I, I will say this, Mook. I feel like Marcus Smart is playing like he's the only one that seems like he he really wants it, though. Everybody else, everybody else is just. You can want it as bad as you want, but I, I don't care. Numbers need to be I don't on the board. care. Yeah, I don't at care. Some point, at some point, doesn't at those some... antics get annoying? Like, doesn't that take away from the team at some point? Like, when he got the tech? Like yeah, I mean, no point you yeah, that. but you're down, no you're, you're, you're down, that. you're down thirty at that point. So I mean, no, I'm, I'm, I'm will, early on. I don't care. I'm throwing hands too, bro. I don't care. Celtics, <laughs> Celtics fans have this like infinity for Marcus Martin now at this point. It's because one, he was the first person a part of that rebuild, the rebuild that ended up seeing us from one of the worst teams in basketball to end up being a playoff team, and then now a team that makes it to the finals. So everybody has this obsession with Marcus Martin thinking that he's still the same player. Like Marcus Smart has plateaued, and he's – honestly, to be honest with you, I think he's on his downturn now. He's starting to – he's gotten progressively worse. Yes, offensively, he's gotten progressively worse. He's become a better shooter, but decision-making, like, at this point, whose team is it? He acts like he's the captain, but, I mean, him and Jason Tatum be doing nothing out there half the time. He fits in with that mold that that you know the Boston Celtics and Patriots, that culture, that tough nosed blue collar. Do your job. Yeah, do your job type, type of thing. I think that's is, why he's also loved too. His name is is rings a Boston accent. Smot. Oh yeah, that's true. People love to say the word smart. <laughs> like that's why people love Marcus Smart. Listen, Marcus Smart is a great player, real good dude, be in the hood all the time. Like that's great for him. If the Celtics want to go somewhere, 
it obviously can't be with the same exact core. Something has to change. And I don't think it's splitting up Jalen Brown and Marcus, um, Jalen Brown and J- um, Jason Tatum. You don't think they're redundant? They feel a little no. redundant. In their they abilities? Feel, they feel redundant in, in, in that sense, but I think that they can work together. I, I still, gotta, I think that can, I still think that can work. You just have to get the pieces around them that make it work. And what are those pieces? Uh, like I said, the first one, call up the Houston Rockets and be like, listen, our checkbooks are open. What is the buyout? Get IMA back. IMA? E- my fault. IMA back. Just that's like <laughs> I think yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think Brad's going for that one. Well, shit. Well, he was probably that, that's the first Brad's wife. So, <laughs> damn. You know, him and Brad could be running a two man or something. Like it could have been one of those things. They were just out here just hitting up everybody. What? What are you? What? <laughs> and hitting up everybody in the office. Nah, but Reem, I, I feel you. I feel like Jason and Jalen are a little redundant. Um, and Jalen can't dribble with his left hand. Oh my god, his handles is fucking trash, bro. I feel like Jalen's supposed to be like a high quality role player, like but when the game oh. is online, I, I feel like there there needs to be another like Tatum. You know, you can put like he can create do we do do all that shit. Whereas like Brown, like I want him off the wing catching the ball with a pump fake, you know, couple moves into the hoop, like in in the flow like i don't want him just trying to make something happen to create his own let me let me ask He's you a, a question slasher. let me let me ask you a question though let me ask you a serious question though in terms of just ability take out all the shit that you can't measure in terms of just ability aren't jalen brown and jason tatum as skilled of a player as um jimmy butler Off Jimmy, of, off of Jimmy, yeah. I feel like Jimmy this. orchestrates the offense better. I feel like he's a better playmaker than both of them. I don't know if it's Jimmy orchestrates the offense better more than it's the fact that Miami has trust in their guys to 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 they Jimmy Butler has it in his mind that he doesn't always have to do it his own himself. Like yeah. he lets Gabe, he he's lets when Gabe Vincent got it going. Gabe Vincent's got it going. He lets them rock. Duncan Robinson came in and he's got the ball in his hand. Or Bam Adebayo. They've got guys that have just bought into it. I think it's a lot has to do with Spolster and the confidence Spolster has in those guys that he realizes he's it's not. He is, he's the best coach in the NBA right now. I'll say that right now. Best coach in the NBA right he now. He was clowning him trying to say that he can only do it with the, um, you know, when they had yes. the big three. But... He's, he's proved us wrong since, since after that big three. To be honest, what he's done with Miami – after the big three, he's been more impressive than what he did with the big three. Seven mm-hmm. undrafted players yeah. is very impressive that you have that going on out there. And even the drafted guys, like let's be honest, the drafted that that drafted guys that are actually the rotations, like Cody Zeller, who at this point is a journeyman. <laughs> like Cody Zeller make me feel old watching him out there, man. Kevin Kevin Love, Kevin Love is getting his shit off, Mook. You can't I'm say saying, anything I'm, about Kevin Love. Okay. I said he got bought out at the beginning of the year. Like oh, okay. Kevin Love wasn't a hot commodity. It wasn't like somebody people were like fighting to get Kevin Love. He wasn't a hot commodity. Like he's gone after guys that fit he's his a glue style. Guy. Yeah, and he's a leader, and he brings him championship DNA. Mm-hmm. And as much as I dislike him, Kyle Lowry just plays his ass off. Yeah, he plays. His, I didn't realize Kyle Lowry's thirty-seven. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's. Yeah. 
Yeah. They so, just be going hard. It's very impressive. I think that's part it, of the, the heat culture. They just go like a hundred percent all the time. Yeah, and I think that's what the one thing, I mean, I think Joe should get another chance because <laughs> like it's been a year. And I think it's more telling that the players who've had I know they've had three different coaches, but they've underperformed almost every year, every time. And there's been like the last couple of times the players have had this weird collapse at the end. I know the series isn't over, and I don't want to say it's over till it's over, but there are some lapses in focus, clearly, that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have when it comes to getting things done. Um, so I, I kind of look at the personnel, like the personnel is not working more so than the coach. But I will say that the coach, the offense is so stagnant, and the offense is turning into what the Sixers were doing, which is why the Sixers lost, which is dribble down the court, give it to Embiid, and then everybody watches. This mm-hmm. is just Jason Tatum gets the rebound, dribbles down the court, and then plays one on five. And it's not even just—it's not even just Jason Tatum. It's whoever has the ball, yeah. the offense just stands still. Yeah, there's no movement. You watch the Heat—the Heat's movement—they're running screens, they're running off-ball screens. There's different motions. People are diving. And that's that's the thing passing too. Passing the ball like four times yeah. before they take a shot, and it's only—and it's like deep into the shot clock. Yeah, their ball movement is crazy. And then, like you said, Jimmy really doesn't have to do much because it's like I can get to the paint and then I could just kick it out and there's a couple of swings and I've got players on the perimeter that can knock down those shots. Yeah. And, 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 are- and I'm never tired because if I'm coming down and I'm – if I'm the Celtics, I'm coming down and I'm chucking up a shot, I'm not really playing defense. I could just it, coast. I could chill. In watching the Heat, too, and talking about Spolstra and his coaching – I think it's interesting because the Heat will have several plays where they run out the shot clock mm. and they're totally fine with running out the shot clock, it seems. And I think that's an interesting strategy because you're going to get tired on defense. So eventually, if you know that, you know, these are the looks we want to get and we keep running running out the shot clock, that's going to – I haven't seen that strategy. Maybe because I haven't paid attention to it, but I'm hyper-focused to it now. But I think it's interesting. And here's, here's, the, biggest, here's the biggest question I just thought about now, thinking of it now. In 2014, right, knowing what we know now of Eric Spolster, if LeBron stays, how much different is the last 10 years of his career now at this point? Yeah, LeBron stays and if Chris Bosh didn't get blood clots. Even even take away, like, if Chris Bosh and, and D-Wade, D-Wade starts to break down, Chris Bosh starts to, 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 to doesn't, um, is not able to play, because Miami just proved to me with Spolster that – they can find guys, they can, you know, yeah. Im- Im- improve on the roster and stuff. What we always say, the reason why LeBron had to leave Cleveland the first time to go to Miami because Cleveland didn't put stuff around him, maybe the best thing for him was to stay in Miami and let them try to work through that. It might have been some some down years and stuff, but we look at Miami since 2014. They've been a mainstay in the playoffs almost every year. They've been to the conference finals the last three years now, is it? Three, four, no, three, um, three or four years. They didn't make it the year after the um the bubble. But they've been the the conference finals three of the last four years. They won the championship one year, and we're possibly looking at them being in the championship this year again. Yeah, but that that's tough to say because LeBron has two different chips on two different teams. And both of those teams are very <laughs> both of those teams are very, very good with top 75 players. So. Absolutely, but I'm talking about in terms of we always say that Jordan had Phil Jackson, the coach, that kind of kept everything together. And mm-hmm. we say our biggest knock on LeBron is he's never had a great coach. 
we didn't know Spolster was this great at this time when he was in Miami. We just assumed, oh, Spolster's just a guy that's sitting there and LeBron's running everything. Now that we know what he's capable of, which um, Pat Riley saw before any of us did, you know, it really doesn't matter if we saw it or not, but Pat Riley saw something in that man and told him, nah, we're not getting rid of him. He's staying. Yeah, he rolled with him. So that's why I'm, that's the only point I'm making. Maybe we're looking at a situation where it's maybe LeBron sitting at five. It might not have worked the same way. It might the Warriors dynasty might not have happened the same exact way with 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 the Heat being with Spolster being that coach against against um against uh Kerr in the finals. Because at the end of the day, who's a better coach? Who are you taking in a in a in a game? If the talent is is the same. Who are you taking? Are you taking Steve Kerr or are you taking Eric Spolster? You got Negro no, Diamonds over here talking about what yeah, how, don't be a prisoner of the moment. That's all. I'm no, saying. it's not. It's not being a prisoner of the moment. It's talking about what Spolster has done since after LeBron James has left. This is not even talking about just this season alone. He's been to a championship since LeBron James has left. He's been to conference finals three of the last four years. Yeah, I, I might still take Steve Kerr in that though. I might still take the Warriors in that. But are you taking Steve Kerr in that situation because of the fact that he won three of four championships, three of his four championships, no, two of his four championships were with Kevin Durant? Yeah, it's, it's just so hard to so hard to do the hypothetical in the 2020 hindsight. So who do you think me. is the best who do you think is the best coach in the NBA right now? Yes. I mean, I would say Popovich. I would still Could say you, Popovich. How can you say Popovich? He hasn't made the playoffs in how many years now? Yeah, but I, I don't think that that's because his team is ass yeah. water. The Spurs got it. <laughs> so who's the Spurs who's got that, a method? But who's that on though? Like that's on your coach. If you can't GM. get to the playoffs, no, Popovich isn't Popovich damn near the GM. I assume he's like the same pull as as Bill Belichick at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you might be on something there. Mm-hmm. Well, so they that's got Wemby like, now. They're going to get Wemby, so. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Yo, that shit about to be crazy. <laughs> yo, be he, blo- he blows he blows his knee out in the first three years. Oh, yo, knock oh, on wood, man. Don't wait. Damn, damn. Call it. I can see that shit happening, that. though, low-key. He's, knock on wood. It's, it's, I don't trust it's, it's anomalies almost, yeah, like that. It's so good I don't to trust anomalies. Are the yeah. European seasons as long as the NBA ones? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I feel like they play, like, the games in, like, 50s or something. 82 games? That ain't gonna and be I on think rest. they put like two games. That's the second game of the season. They're like, yeah, we gotta put them on rest. Like, if I'm not mistaken, too, I think like the European games, it's like two games a week or something like that. Mm. Like, it's not like the same pattern as an NBA season. I've Seven I've games, been saying this for a nights. while that I'm I'm worried about his durability and because humans aren't meant to be that big. Yo, and then and move and like move and it's, run like that. If you're that big, like it's the same thing I'm saying grass, about myself nigga. about Zion. It's the same thing I said about Zion before he got drafted. I was like, Too bro, powerful. people aren't meant to be people. Humans aren't meant to Zion's be. Zion's playing the wrong sport. Yeah, he really yeah, is. He, yeah. he could have been a monster defensive end. Oh my god, crazy or or outside <laughs> linebacker. Like I'm just thinking of like imagine like prime Von Miller, but just give him like you know. And this nigga would have been jump, would have been hike, jump over the nigga and go tackle him. <laughs> he would have been on special teams. Uh, yeah. All right. Any 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 last thoughts about this uh, Boston Celtics stuff before we move on? 
If we win, remember I called it. All righty. There you go. Well, well, well. Putting some money up. Here we are. So I had a little announcement I wanted to make. Um, So we are in the midst of a transition from the old to the new. You know, as life goes on, change happens. You know, there cannot be growth without change for that reason amongst others, uh, such as concerning intellectual property, copyrights, legalities, stuff like that. We are officially, officially, official official, retiring the name of Off The Rip. We are now known as the Dots Up Podcast. And we are doing as much as we can to keep delivering you high quality content while staying true to ourselves as creators throughout this transition. So please stay tuned to more information about this. I would love to get into greater detail about the ins and outs of the transition, but for now, please enjoy the content. And I do have a quote here, which says, becoming isn't about arriving somewhere or achieving a certain aim. I see it instead as forward motion means of evolving. The way to reach continuously toward a better self, the journey doesn't end. That is Michelle Obama. That's a good one, D. That's a good one. Nice. So yeah, we did dots up podcast now. We definitely, we definitely will get into a little behind the scenes of we'll talk about what off the rip meant to us and all that stuff in another episode. But for now, uh, we can transition. And Kareem had a great topic for us. Um, you want to drop that, Kareem? Yeah. So I had my one of my younger brothers come up and visit a couple of weeks ago, and we were just talking about life. And he's uh gotten to the point where he's thinking financially, kind of about his future and kind of where he wants to be you know, got a a stable job now and trying to figure all that out. And so we started having the conversation about how much you need to make to, you know, to be satisfied, to be fulfilled, to be happy. And we, we came on some pretty different opinions about this. And I think it's an interesting conversation, which is why I bring it up to you guys. So I I guess my, my, my question I want to pose to the group is really, what do you guys feel like, and knowing we're all living in in Massachusetts and, and near the Boston area, what do you guys feel like you need to uh, make roughly, or is there a threshold of income that you need to make to be happy, to be satisfied in, in life where you guys currently are at? Yo, actually, now that I'm hearing you rephrase this question, when we were talking about offline, I definitely, at first, just for the people know, I said $100,000. I wasn't thinking correctly. I look back to when I first moved into Boston in 2016 and Granted, you know, I was using my mom gave me her car and shit. So that that helped that helped with like no no car note or anything. But I would say the time I wasn't really all that okay until I started making, I want to say about 64, six, so I would say 65, 65,000 mm-hmm. a year. I think that's that 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 threshold right there is when things started getting like. I had some money left over when it was the next paycheck. I didn't forget we was getting paid. I hate niggas at work when they're like, oh, we get paid this week. I'm like, all right. Like, you know, like, <laughs> know people we're not, like that. We're not, yo. Yo, we're not working at yeah. Goldman Sachs, bro. Like, you know, like, you know, you your shit getting a little dwindling down a little bit. All right. So I used to hate niggas like that, but well, I still do. But like now, you know, I'm okay until next week. I'm not like, oh, I can't wait till payday or anything like that. But I mean, I'm making more than that now. But like when I hit 65, that's when. I started being able to like do spontaneous things. 
So would you say 65, would you say like your satisfaction, like your happiness changed or did you feel like your stress levels went down? Like what about that number? If you can be more yeah. specific. Yeah, I think that's when like all my bills were paid and I had money left mm -hmm. over. I didn't have to wait for the next check to do things. So my stress was down. I wasn't living pay. I didn't have to live paycheck to paycheck anymore. Mm -hmm. Like before mm -hmm. it was like, I would look at the month of when I was getting paid and what bills were due and things like that. And now like, I still do that just to be responsible. But like before, if I didn't do that, I was going to have an overdraft mm -hmm. or like I was going to have to use a credit card to get myself out of a hole or something, mm -hmm. which made me default a credit card. Luckily, it was a secured credit card. So <laughs> y'all look that up if y'all are trying to get your credit right. But yeah, I wasn't living paycheck to paycheck anymore. And that was an amazing feeling after doing that my entire life. Mm, wow. That's helpful. Yeah, I think it's 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 important to make that distinction around what that number is for everybody. Knowing it's going to be a little different, but then realizing like what it actually changes. And it sounds like for you, giving you that comfort to know you can take care of all your bills at minimum and then still have a little bit left over that that changes your mindset a little bit right mm -hmm. yeah yeah what do the rest of you guys think um man so my mom is putting or my mom the the house or the apartment my mom lives in is just going on the market and i think they're listing it for 1.4 she's in watertown and it's just like, again, you mentioned being in Massachusetts, being in Boston. And it's just like for that house in Watertown, 1.4 million. Sheesh. Uh, single family house? Single two family house. But okay, okay. Yeah, but still it's like what I thought, I definitely was like in the, on the same mindset of you, Trev, around that same area. Like, you know, I, I, can, I can have fun. I can go on sneakers, buy my kicks. I can save up money. I have money for my car and all the other bills. And I also have money for emergencies. And like, that's the things that I want to hit. But then just putting that for, into perspective for like how much a house costs, it really, it, it made me want to, like to answer your question, Corinne, specifically you said happy and, and like safe with it. And like, I think that's another threshold I would want to get to. So I put that, for me, it'd be around the six figure range where I would re really feel like, you know what, I, don't have to think about it as much um and maybe hopefully start to get to that spot where i don't have to worry about when my paycheck comes like trevor said and that's um, six like, oh, figure shit, got paid. that creates the safety you're talking about or that creates a certain bit of satisfaction i think it's more so a certain satisfaction because i do have i do have safety i am stable where i'm at right now um and even anywhere below that when we talk about the 80 range that could still very much give me a lot of comfortability and safety and stability mm. um, and ability to to have fun and do self-care as well. Um, I think I, that's important to think about. And I ask, what about, and I know it may be kind of an arbitrary number just in your head, but what about that six-finger number um, provides that satisfaction? Like if you went, you know, if it, let's just say, for example, it's 100,000, that creates a certain level of satisfaction that you want. If you were at you know, 80 or 90, like what so, is yeah, that, no, I'm, what I'm does that number thinking, do that creates that? I'm completely thinking in terms of paying for a house around here. Gotcha. So that's enough in a year I could potentially save up for a good down, good down payment. payment. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm thinking about. Gotcha. Would you say you're unhappy because you don't own a house? Mm. Um, I'm unhappy because I, I wouldn't say unhappy, but I would say I would 
I do have anxiety or stress around having to pay bills and having to save up for a house, one day save up for a house or make plans for that as well. It's interesting you say having to. Like it is it is an ideal thing, I think, to be able to own your house, but it's interesting yeah. to turn you say having to. Yeah, that's true. I, I I just much rather would prefer the space and not having, because I already have to pay rent. So it's like, if I have to pay rent, I might as well pay a mortgage in my head. Mm. Um, so yeah, it is, it is very interesting. It is all goes to the way we're coded. And I do definitely think us being in the Metro Boston area definitely influences right, affects it. Yeah, for sure. My, my thoughts on this, mm-hmm. even if I was out in Amherst, I don't think, I think I'd be well happy, um, at around 65, 70, well happy. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm like different on this. Cause it's like, because I want to say, like, I want to give a number, but then I feel like, okay, once I get to to that number, then I feel like my lifestyle changes along with that. And then you want to maintain a, a certain lifestyle where it's like, I guess it's like a mental block in your head that you're like, okay, like once I get to this number, then I'll be all set. And then responsibilities comes to that number because you feel like, okay, like I've gotten to that threshold. Now I can afford to do this. And then you realize, okay, shit, well, I'm not that comfortable. So it's like always like moving number. So I think, like you said, I think six figures would be like an ideal start, but it's, I feel like it's a number that there's no, like, there's no gauge because it's not like, like, I feel like to be happy, honestly, I think like to be happy or something like that, I think you could be like, I think you realistically, I think you can be like 60, 70 and be happy. Cause like you think about like, if we were 60, 70, when we were 21 years old, like we would have been fucking golden. You know what I'm saying? So I guess it's all subjective to whatever your lifestyle is at that particular time. Because mm. I still think like if there's any college kid that's going 60,000 after graduating high school, ne- I mean, after graduating college next year, like they can do so much. Right. But looking at that, we're like, damn, like, okay, like, you know, we have responsibilities now. Like, you know, we have to pay, you know, you know, we're all looking at, you know, some people are looking at for houses or you have to pay for, for, for weddings or, you know, we've, you know, kids and things like that. Like our lifestyle is going to change. So that number is ever moving. That's my personal opinion on this. I don't want to give a figure. It's just wherever I can be at a comfortable range at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah, a, good I, point. So it's yeah. a lot. It's a lot about like the age and kind of stage where you're at in life. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely you, agree with that. Cause like, like you said, 60 and 70, fuck, fuck just 20 or, you know, 20 or 21 years old, but like yeah. being single, <laughs> like yeah, exactly. not having, not having those responsibilities, like, you know, having a wife and having a kid now, and just, there's just so many different responsibilities um, that come with that. But for me, I'm connected with D in terms of for me to live comfortable there has to be some passive income. Like I'm spending money on rent, but if I'm paying for a mortgage, I know that there is an asset that is growing. Like even though I'm paying a mortgage, I know that over time, that value of my house is going to appreciate, right? Um, so I think that that is that is how I would define um, just like a comfortable way of living, just having multiple properties, um, and essentially being able to do this and not having to, to work a nine to five <laughs> on a day-to-day basis. You know what I'm saying? Because I have other, I have multiple streams of income that's coming in. Um, 
yeah, I think I, I couldn't even put a figure to that. But for me, it's just owning shit rather than having to. I'm looking at like y'all copping I mean, out on the question. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, nah, but I'm I'm not, but for real, I'm being I'm being for real. All right. If I could put a number, I'm not like I'll put I'll put 70 to Give it, it a right shot. now. No, I'll put okay. 70 right now because to be honest with you, I don't have to struggle for a meal every day. Like I can, it's like, damn, I do, I, do I eat something? Do I eat something in the fridge or do I go to Chipotle or do I go around the way to, to grab a slice of pizza? Cause like, that's, that's never like a thought in my mind of like, damn, fuck. Like I got to figure out what my next meal is going to be, or damn, I'm late on this payment. Like I, I we're successful in comparison to a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. Especially in the type of work mm-hmm. that we do. So uh I like you said, I, I think it's a it's a societal thing, right? Like people hear six figures and we're thinking like, damn, that's a that's a certain status that we need to get to. But yet once we get there, I mean more money comes more problems, right? There's more there's more shit that we have to deal with. So um yeah for me like I said it's I'm I'm comfortable but like I there's 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 another level that I want to obtain and that's just that's that's real estate that's property that's you know just ownership I want to own shit <laughs> and that that 70 yeah. range is that that is that comfort like how T was describing it like you're able to kind of take care of all your bills and necessities at, at around that number and then the other things kind of are a little easier to get to is yeah. that yeah every yeah I, I could take care of everything like I said I don't have to like worry about stuff i'm not the dude who's like oh shit we get paid like i literally that my time like i have an alarm that goes off that says like yo you get paid today so i -hmm. still have that and that's always been a thing of mine you know what i mean like even when i was making friggin 18 dollars an hour you Mm -hmm. know what i'm saying so um yeah yeah yeah, no, I think it's interesting to to talk about. It. And I realize it, it would probably have been helpful to define it earlier, but I think it was kind of maybe better for us to have our own individual thoughts about it and then talk about it more. But really defining what is comfortability versus what is like maybe financial freedom. So I think those are two different things, you know, and that's what me and my brother got stuck on is for me, my number was much lower than his, like right around like... Like I can think about the point in time where I got my raise and I was like, okay, I'm good. It was around like 58 to 60. And at that point I could take care of all my bills. I had a little bit of extra money to go out or to, for entertainment or to do whatever. And I felt like comfortable, you know, I was still living somewhat paycheck to paycheck. What's that? Rose bar. Get some, get some hookah. Get some hookah. Yeah. No, not like that. Stay away from that place. Don't do it. But but to, but but, to, but but yeah, if you want to, if that's you. If that's you. So so, right? what what number would you put on financial freedom? Like, what is that? What, so for what so for me, that? like how how I define it, how I look at it, right? In this mm-hmm. article that I kind of based some of my thoughts off of, the 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 measurements they used were emotional well being, and then happiness, and obviously somewhat subjective depending on how they define those terms, but. For, for the sake of that, they they somehow defined what is emotional well-being and then what is happiness for somebody. And so for me, if I'm using those kind of markers, emotional well-being was about 60,000. When I hit that number, I felt like I could take care of all my bills. I could take care of my immediate needs and have a little bit of extra. And I felt like I was like I felt like I was above where I should be at that point for my age. And I still feel like I had a really high ceiling. I would say what would allow me to have financial freedom? to um, 
I think D, you mentioned like not have to think about how much I have in the bank just to spend or just to buy. Like that number is somewhere closer to like 120, somewhere around there. Like thinking, and I think about that number based on buying a house, starting a family, um, being able to invest and do things like that. So that that number comes from um, assuming I stay in this area, kind of thinking about that. But I, I think that is financial freedom in the sense that if my spending stays somewhat similar to where I am right now and I'm making that amount of money, then I really don't have to think day to day about my purchases. I can make something and safely know I have this amount in, the, in my bank and not have to worry about that. And so for me, that's financial freedom to be able to make purchases without really having to think about it. Always, oh, you always think about your purchase. You always think about what you're buying. But right now I can't just go out and you know, go lease a new car. I can't go out and buy a new game system. I can't go get a PC set up. I can't go do these things. I, God, I quote, God forbid if anything happens. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You say you have to say, he's, say he's, yeah. he's capping because he, yo, so that's how I know Cream's a real scammer because he said he can't go out and buy a new game system. That motherfucker got like six just sitting see, in the queue. See, but <laughs> that's the difference, right? That's the difference is you, you could, I could go do it, but it would hurt me immediately. Like it would hurt me. Mm, wouldn't be smart. It would yeah, set me back, right? Exactly. Yeah. And that's the difference is I want to be able to do those things and it not set me back, right? Right. And so that's how I look at that, that financial freedom. And I, I think that's maybe different from how some people do it, but I think it, it's worth kind of discussing like what's financial freedom for you guys, you know, if that's a different. A so, different so, so in order to obtain financial freedom, it takes a great level of discipline is what yeah, you're saying. For sure. For sure. For sure. It, yeah. it, there was a um, J.R. Smith podcast. I forget what podcast he was on. He was an interview on the podcast or a guest on the podcast. So he was talking about how there's players in the NBA playing check to check. And they they ruin their financial um, their financials because they're trying to keep up with players that are the marquee players. Like he's like LeBron's rich, Kyrie's rich. You're not rich, mm-hmm. right? So and the people were flaming him in the comments because he was talking about yeah, like LeBron's making forty million, you're only making eight hundred thousand. And people were like, mm-hmm. yo, eight hundred thousand is more than enough to live off of. But I feel like they're really missing what he's saying in that, and he's saying that these people are trying are are keep trying to keep up with the Joneses. They're trying to live this mm. lavish lifestyle that the all-stars are living when they're living way out of their means or, and they're going yeah. check to check. Even though they're getting means, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So discipline is, discipline is essential. Discipline is huge. And I think the, the company you keep is huge too, right? Mm-hmm. Like typically you associate with people that are relatively around your financial class, your social class, but even within that you have different spending habits. And so I, we can all probably think of friends that, spend more than what they have. And then we've got friends that are super frugal, right? And I think who you associate with is a huge aspect. Because if you're going out to with that guy that goes out to the fancy steakhouse mm. and gets the Wagyu and mm. the bottles and, mm. and goes out every weekend, like if you're with that person, you, you can't you can't get to 100,000, right? You can't get right. to that. That's a good but if, point. You're with the, you, if you're where with the LeBrons, right? If you're with the guys that, it, say again, D? So where are my sunglasses at? It's getting shady in here. Yeah, see, see, I ain't, I ain't somebody, talking about yo, Somebody's just, catching strays right I'm there. just talking. I'm just talking right now. But if you're with the guys that are frugal, like LeBron's one of those people that you hear stories about, like he doesn't spend money on this or that. But I'm just talking just in general. Like if you're with guys that are frugal, that are thoughtful about that, you pick up on those habits and you realize that those are the things that help you to, to, to grow. You know, so who you're around makes a huge, huge impact. We know that. And even just having like a having a mentor, like low key, like a financial mentor. Like for me, 
I I'm not even gonna hold you, bro. Like COVID has helped me out significantly, bro. Like in terms that's of your financial mentor. My... No, I'm talking about. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was, that was in some ways, probably COVID <laughs> said so stay your ass home, don't spend any money. Do? No, I mean, let alone like shit. My wife was like, yo, this credit card balance is outstanding. We're gonna have to, you know, just literally just getting into a routine of, and then once I, you know, paid off that balance, like maintaining it of, okay, like if I can't, if I, I'm going to purchase something, but if I purchase it and I can't pay it off in either one or two installments, I don't need it. Cause I'm mm-hmm. trying to pay it off like immediately. And if I can't do that, that's, uh, and that's been my rule, honestly, moving forward. And no like, to be honest, you know, exactly. Cause I'm like, yeah, I'll just pay the, I'll pay the minimum every, every, uh, every month. And it's just like, you're only paying, like you said to you, you're only paying the interest on that credit card. That's all mm-hmm. you didn't even touch the principle of, of, of that, purchase that you just made you know what i'm saying that's just to keep the credit card line on so for me just like understanding the different nuances of like that that credit card game and just the way i approach different things now man it, it, it definitely takes a a high level of of discipline because i'm like damn i really want to splurge on these shoes and although that sneakers keeps on curving me it's a great thing um <laughs> sometimes deleting the app helps too um, yeah, I gotta, you gotta do you know, what you gotta do. Yeah, so, but. Well, and, and also, like, I think it should also be said that there's not like a right way to spend. Like, there's nothing wrong with people going and going out every night or spending a lot of money. Like, they have every right to do that. They've worked hard for their money and, you know, can spend it how they want to. I don't think people should look at high spenders like that in any particular way. But I, I think my point is, if you know where you want to be and where you want to get to, like you have to pick the right people to be around. And okay. so if that's not a person you can follow, like D, you were just saying, dudes who got 800,000 salaries are trying to spend like they're LeBron and Kyrie. That's not smart, right? So like if you're trying to get to them, you can't spend like them right now. You know, and I think that's the, the message. That's what you have to understand is you have to know where you are and be self-aware enough to recognize that and also know where you want to go. And that's how you kind of orient yourself to figure out what's my spending like, what's my habits like. Cool, cool. Man, I think we can wrap it up right there, man. The first ever Dots Up podcast, yo. You want to tell the good people where to find us? Kareem? <laughs> Mook already left us, man. You can find us at offtherip.podcast. Oh, whoa, whoa. Oh, oh, we're changing. Yeah. We, oh, no, 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 no. CC, Reem, Reem, D set you up with, for that. We yeah, that's kind of messed up, yeah, yo. Yeah, you should have done the first, you, yeah, the first and all Yeah, this, we're this working is new. on it. This is new. Just uh, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend <laughs> and you won't be disappointed it's dr oh cool. man fair enough fair enough it's too late for you it's too late for me the game ain't fair i don't make the rules but if you break free and nobody cares the worst thing to do is forget about where you came